Take your Bibles and turn with me tonight to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. If you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to tonight. Revelation chapter 1. <clears throat> Begin reading verse 1. It says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. They sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is which was, which is to come, from the seven spirits which are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God, and his Father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, they also that which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him, even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. Look with me back in verse 3. It says, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, A Special Threefold Blessing. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight. Lord, there's many that are sick, not feeling well. Lord, I pray that you'd be with them, strengthen their bodies, raise them up, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you keep your hand upon them. Lord, I pray now tonight that those who are watching by live stream, but also those here, Lord, present, that you do a work in our hearts, draw us near to you, Lord, speak to us from thy word. May thy spirit, Lord, have freedom to speak to our hearts and draw us to you. Now, Lord, bless the reading of thy word, the preaching of thy word. Lord, may you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. As you go through the scripture, you'll find many places that there's different blessings that are promised to the child of God. And this is one of them here that we find here, and really, actually, it's an unusual place that we find a blessing that's promised to all who will follow the instructions that's given here. This book of Revelation of Jesus Christ, and of, uh, of which he is to pronounce it, is going to come to pass, and he's trying to get us to look ahead and to understand some things with his, with his prophecy here. Look there in verse 1, it says, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, the teaching, the foreknowledge, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. You say, well, preacher, it says shortly come to pass, and yet here we are. These things haven't come to pass. You, you see, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. Time means very little to God. His timing is different than our timing. And yet he said it's coming to pass very soon. We find here that it's a message given unto John by the angel of God as it's 
revealed even through the presence of Jesus Christ in heaven, which he saw, what John saw, and he heard by the testimony of Jesus Christ. If you look at verse 2, it says, Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Otherwise, what John saw here, the revelation, the prophecy, he saw these things take place in heaven as though he had opened up before his eyes. Maybe we might think of it as on a movie screen. But also the testimony of God, the Father, telling him what's going to take place. And the testimony of Jesus Christ explaining what's going to come forth. And so he's, he's writing these things. Uh, if you go on, he's writing unto the seven churches. And it's the prophecy of things that are yet to come, things that are coming. So we're going to look at this here. There's a promise here, a blessing that, of, of promises here. First of all, we see a promise of blessed, blessing tied to this prophecy. Look with me there in verse 3 again. It says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. There's an urgency. Notice he said, for the time is at hand. We live in a day and time where most people try to put everything that's really urgent, put it off. Many times people, they have heart problems and they know that they need to go to the doctor and they need to get it checked out, but they put it off and sometimes too long. You know, we get that little light comes on on the dash of our vehicle. It says engine, you know, and we keep putting it off and putting it off because we think, well, you know, it, it seems like it's running okay and running okay. I even know people who take black electrical tape and cover it up so they don't have to look at it. And uh, we, we, we put it off. You, sometimes you go out there and you look at your tires and you think, boy, they're getting mighty thin. And you put them off and you put them off and before long... Uh, uh, you get out and you look at it and you start seeing this, this metal coming through there. Looks like it's got whiskers on it. Or maybe you're driving down the road and, you hear, and all of a sudden you, blah, 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 you waited too long. And we put things off. And so many times we don't realize the urgency as a Christian to do what God is telling us to do right now. Right now. My dad used to tell us as kids, he said, when I tell you to do something, he said, I mean for you to do it right now. Not when you want to do it. Not after a while, unless I tell you that you can do it after a while. He said, when I tell you to do something, he said, I want you to do it right now. Do it right now. And I believe that God is trying to get us, even in this day and time that we're looking at, uh, that we live in. And though the, the, this, this prophecy was written uh, 2,000 years ago, that he's trying to get an urgency within our hearts and lives to see what he's trying to bring forth at the ending of time. There's that urgency of prophecy of his word, which comes from speaking not only of the coming events, but the coming Lord. There's a lot of things yet to come that's going to happen, different events. But the biggest one that I see on, on hand for the Christian is the coming Lord. That Jesus Christ is coming in the air to catch the church, to catch us out of here in the rapture. That is the big one that for you and I, and you say, preacher, when can it happen? Right now, it can happen right now. Well, doesn't some of that prophecy have to be fulfilled? No, it's already fulfilled. We're just waiting for the trumpet to, to sound and to catch us out of here. In verse 4, it says, John to the seven churches. <coughs> Excuse me. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you and peace from him which is, which was, and which is to come. 
and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. If you look back there in verse, uh, at verse uh, 8, he said, I am Alpha Omega, the beginning and the ending, which uh, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. There's that which has already happened. There's that which is happening right now that God is doing a work. But there is that which is coming and there's an urgency for us to be prepared and, and, to, and to have our lives in a, in a position so that when those things happen, that we're ready for them. You know, don't you just hate to get that phone call? You know, especially the, the lady folks a lot of times, you hate to get that phone call. And says, hey, uh, we're on our way to your house. And they're like, you're like, I didn't know you was coming. No, but we're just, we're just passing through. We're going to drop by. Uh, how long? Oh, we're just about there. Be there in about two, three minutes. And there, I'm telling you what, there's an urgency that hits the hearts and the lives of everybody in that house. <laughs> because it's like the wife is saying, go make sure the bathroom's clean. Everybody's got to use the bathroom when they come to the house, you know. There's an urgency. And I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just something that hits that. Why is it that we don't get that about the things of God? Why is it that we don't see the urgency of reaching lost souls? Why is it that we don't see the urgency of living our lives right now to the fullest for the Lord Jesus Christ? Instead of trying to just, well, one of these days I'll ramp it up and I'll get, you know. No, why not now? Why wait till later? There's an urgency that's given to us by the Scripture. There's a continuing promise also that's given here. This, this, this is a continuing promise of blessing throughout the book of, of Revelations if you go through there. Let me just point out a few of the verses through, through Revelation here that, that it speaks of being a, 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 uh, talks about having that blessing. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 14 verse 13 says, Now I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, now listen, write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. You know, sometimes we look at death as a, as a, as a bad thing, and it's not necessarily a bad thing for a Christian. Because he says that we might have rest from our labors, and that we might enjoy the things of God if we know Jesus Christ our Savior. Uh, you say, preacher, are, are, you, are you wanting to die? No, I'm not wanting to die, but hey, listen, I'm not, I don't want to be afraid of it either. Hey, listen, God has a plan in our lives, and we shouldn't fear death because it's a way to get us to that eternal rest to be in his presence for eternity. He said, that's a blessing. Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. He said, well, preacher, that's kind of strange. He said, blessed is he that keepeth his garments, that watch for his coming. What's he talking about? That we would live a life right now. If we want a life that's blessed, he said, watch for my coming. Tune your ears and tune your eyes to the return of Jesus Christ. Be looking for his return. And then he says, and keep their garments lest they be naked and, and show their shame. 
the keeping of the garments would be the keeping of living for the Lord Jesus Christ, living in a way that honors and glorifies him, keeping that body fully clothed in the things of God, serving God. You go over in, in, in Ephesians, it talks about the armor of God and, and putting on the armor of God, being clothed with righteousness, being clothed with, with the glory of God. He said, keep yourself clothed. Otherwise, he's saying, don't live in a way that you would be ashamed at my return. Have you ever been around the house and maybe you think, man, nobody's coming around? I'm just going to slip into the old jammies. You get in the jammies and you're sitting in there maybe watching your TV or reading a book or something and all of a sudden the doorbell rings or somebody knocks on the door and it's like, man, look out, look, get out of the way. They're headed to go change the clothes, Amen. Why? They don't want to get embarrassed. You put them on at 6 o'clock. It's 6.05 when the doorbell rings. And they say, what? You, you sick? No. You got your jammies on. Yeah. And you would be ashamed almost. But even worse than that, Lord says the nakedness would make you ashamed, but he's talking about a spiritual nakedness of not living for the Lord at his return. Not living in such a way that he's honored and glorified. He said, blessed is the one that watches for my return. He said, then you're not going to be caught off guard. He said, then you'll fully, he said, you'll, you'll keep yourself clothed in righteousness. You'll keep yourself clothed in the things of God and you'll live for the Lord and you won't be ashamed. He said, that'll be a blessed time in your life. He said, there's a great blessing that comes with that. Revelations 19, 9 says that he saith unto me, right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Say, preacher, what's that blessing? Hey, listen, to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb means that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior and you've been caught out of here. Or you're in the first resurrection. And what a blessing. Revelations 20 and verse 6 says, Blessed and holy is he that hath put in, <clears throat> put in the first resurrection, that hath part, I'm sorry, hath part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God, and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. He said, blessed and holy is he that hath that first part of that resurrection, that first resurrection. He said, listen, he said, you're saved. You don't have to worry about a second death in a place called hell. So, okay, that's, that's a great blessing of itself right there. He said, yes, but also, he said, during the millennial reign, a thousand year reign of Jesus Christ here upon the earth, those people will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Who knows? Ronnie may be, may be the mayor or the governor of Missouri. He may be the governor of Missouri. Or he, might be, he might be the mayor of Marshall. And uh, who knows? I think Brian, you know, he'll probably be the, the mayor of, of Gillum, you know, over there. There's a little place over around New Franklin that we call Estel. There's one house there, and there's a sign, and it's got the name of Estel on both sides. That's where Hunter's going to be the mayor of. Amen? <laughs> the fact is, is that we'll rule and reign with Jesus Christ. 
a blessed life eternally. What a blessing when you think about that. There's so much that the Lord has for us and so much that He wants to do for in our lives. Revelation 22, 7 says, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. He said, you're going to be blessed if you keep those uh, or if you obey the Word of God. He said, I'm going to bless your life. He said, preacher, you say, preacher, how's it going to bless? I don't know, but it's going to be good. If God blesses you, it's going to be good. Amen. The blessings of God are never poor blessings. Revelation 22, 14, blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. All these came after chapter 1. The key to these blessings, though, lies in chapter 1 and verse 3. Without chapter 1, verse 3, you can't have the others. Listen to it. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. If you don't have that, you'll not have the others. So let's look at that real quickly. First of all, blessed is he that readeth. Look at verse 3. It says, blessed is he that readeth. The Lord's speaking of reading of the prophecy of God's word. This prophecy in particular, the, the book of Revelations, of reading. A lot of people don't read Revelation. People that read the rest of the, the Bible, a lot of times they get to Revelation, they don't read it. You say, why, preacher? Because they say, I can't understand it. I'm not going to. You say, preacher, I, I've been reading it. I'm just so confused. What, what's, that, what's that red horse in there talking about? It's a red horse. It's a red horse. Well, well, well what, what, it, what is that? Those vials that, uh, uh, that's poured out, what is that? Those are vials that God pours out that has judgment in them. See, sometimes we try to read too much into something. Yes, there's some things that, would, would, that we could have a greater understanding, but you've got to understand that God wrote the Word of God to you and me, not to somebody that, that is going to just necessarily, you've got to go through Him all the time. It was written to all mankind. And so you have to look at a literal understanding, and yet there is, a, there is an application. There are some things going to take place, and yet there's an understanding when you tie Scripture with Scripture. He's talking about the prophecy of this book, but I believe that he's talking about the prophecy of all the Bible. Not just the prophecy of, of revelations, because if you go to the book of Daniel, you'll find prophecy about, about what's going to take place in the book of Revelation. If you go to Isaiah, you'll find uh, uh, the, the uh, tyings of, of Isaiah into the book of Revelation. If you go to Ezekiel, you'll find a scripture there that deals with the prophecy that goes with Revelation and so on down through the line. If you go to, if you go to Matthew... You'll find that there's a prophecy spoken of there about the last days. And, uh, and if you go to Timothy, you'll find that there's a prophecy wrote about the last days. And it all ties together with the prophecy of Revelation. So what he's saying here, he said, blessed is the man, blessed is the person, and he admonishes us that we would read the word of God. Uh, you say, preacher, that you preach about reading the Bible all the time. You know why? Because God gave it to you and me. He thought it was important enough that everything that took place and all that he has to say was recorded and given to us, we ought to read it. 
We ought to put it in our hearts. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Psalms 119.11. He said, read it. Put it in your heart. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word for Second 2 Timothy 2.15. He says, study. Put it in your heart. Preacher, I just don't understand it. You, there's a lot of things we may not understand, but read it. Read it. He admonishes us to, to read the Word of God. The reading of the prophecy in the entire Word of God is to guide us into a walk with the Lord. That's why we have the Word of God. To guide us into a walk with the Lord. You want your life blessed? you got to learn to walk with God. How do you learn to walk with God? Read the Word of God. To know Him in a greater way. How else can you know any more about, about the Lord than to get in the Word of God and to begin to read about Him, the attributes and, and all about Him and, and learn to know, to know Him in a greater way. It helps to guide us through this life by instruction given to us in his word. There's things in the Bible that's, that's just tailored just for our lives to help us to understand how we're to live when we face different situations. Hey, whether it's raising children, whether it's your finances, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your work ethic, and we could go on. You'll find it in the word of God. He said, read it. He said, you want your life to be blessed. He said, read this book. Read the Word of God. The prophecy, yes, but the whole book, if you want it to be blessed. Joshua 1.8 says, this book of the law, talking about the Bible, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe, notice what it says, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make uh, thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. You want good success in life? Here's the manual for it. You want to be prosperous in life? Here's the manual for it. I'm not saying you're going to be rich. I said prosperous. You can be poor and be prosperous in the world's eyes. Hey, listen. Lord can take care of everything that you, in your life that you need. But we've got to get to the Word of God. By reading and studying the Word of God, there comes another level of understanding. We just, there's just, if, if all you do is just take what somebody else throws out there, you're missing a great opportunity to know the Lord in a greater way. If all that you, let's do it this way. If the only way that you knew Sam Gibson that's why just buzz, buzz, buzz what people said here and there. That's all you knew. You can say that you knew a little bit about him. Well, he's a resource officer to school and blah, blah, blah. And you go through a few things. But if you will spend time with him, you'll get to know him in a greater way. And that's what you're doing when you get in the Word of God. You're, you're spending time not just reading you're spending time with God. So, preacher, I thought this was a Bible that I'm spending time with. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
this that you're holding is his word, the written word. It's not Jesus Christ, but it's the written word that he has given to us that we might know him in a greater way. Then secondly, blessed are those that will hear. Notice there in verse 3 again, it says, blessed is he that readeth. And then it says, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. He said, when they listen, there's a blessing to those who not only read, but to those who hear. Sitting here tonight, if you are tuning your ears in and hearing as we talk about the Word of God, as we preach about the Word of God, as we read other scriptures tying the Word of God together, he says, I can bless your life. He said, there's a blessing that comes from that. He said, there's a blessing from coming, coming from here. And there, excuse me, there are many who, who don't want to hear the Word of God and the, the preaching and the teaching of His Word. And that's what opens up a closer walk to us. Once we've, heard, or once we've read it, then God uses preachers. They, he uses teachers. He uses individuals. As we talk about, as we expound, as we share the Word of God, that helps us to know Him even better. It'd be like this. You, hear, you, you spend some time with, with Brother Sam, as we said a while ago. You get to know him a little bit. But then let's take you up to his dad's house and let his dad tell you about Sam. He can take you back to the very time that Sam was born. He can give you details of his life that you'll never know, that Sam would never even share with you about his life. He went, yeah, let me tell you about the time of Sam. He was he playing with a pocket knife and cut, cut his hand off. I don't know if he'd done that. I'm just saying that. Well, Sam might not share that with you because you think, man, they'll think I'm an idiot. They'll take all my knives and everything sharp away from me. <laughs> but his dad, he'll laugh about it and he'll tell you about it. So you spent time with him like the reading of God's Word, but then you hear some things that maybe you haven't thought of before. Some things that spurs your interest. Some things that causes you to want to know more. Sometimes one of the greatest things that a preacher can do is leave you hanging and want, make you want to go get some more. Put a little salt in, in it so that you get thirsty and, and want a good drink and you go get some more. As with the reading of this prophecy, there, in the entire Word of God, there's an understanding given by the Spirit of God, and we do so. You see, to hear, to actually hear, is to also apply. See what you mean? If you have a child and you say, Go, go lock the front door. And you're sitting there and you're watching and they're not moving. And you say, did you hear me? Uh, yeah, what'd I say? Um, oh, you said go lock the front door. Now, did he hear you? 
he heard the words, but he really didn't hear you. And the, John the Revelator is saying, listen, when you hear, it affects you. It's not just noise. <laughs> I was today, I don't know why, it's, it's around Christmas, and the kids are going nuts. They've lost their ever-loving mind, and I have too. And I pick them up out at Spain Hire, the little ones. And for the next 20 minutes, I hear, bus driver, bus driver, bus driver, bus driver. I mean, it's constant. And I don't know what's into them. They're just all of a sudden, they're hollering, bus driver. A lot of them call, instead of calling you bus driver, bus rider, bus rider, bus rider. And I said, what, what? And they say something. But with my hearing and with the other noise on the bus, I don't know what they're saying. They may be saying, they pulled a knife on me back. I don't hear it. I don't know what they're saying. All I hear is, bus driver, bus driver. From about 36 of them. At the same time. Say, so what do you do? Settle down back there and just keep on driving. I watch to see if they're doing something that I got to stop and pull over and change. But you know what it becomes? Because I know that the kids are tattling for something that is not really worthy of doing something about. It's just noise. Here's the sad part. Let me bring it to where we're at. A lot of times Christians sitting in church the preaching and the teaching and even the good godly songs to them is actually just noise. They hear it, but they really don't hear it. It's not going anywhere. He said, blessed is the one that heareth the words of the prophecy. Otherwise, you're taking it in and you know it means something to you and you're, you're looking at it. You're applying it. You're looking at, at what God is trying to tell you, what God is trying, how God is trying to direct your life. In Revelations 2.29, just over a little bit there, it says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. Can I explain something to you there? The Holy Spirit does not necessarily, does not really speak to you in an audible voice that you hear with this ear. But what the Holy Spirit does is speaks to the heart. The heart has the greatest ear that is available to hear from God. And the Holy Spirit says, if you have an ear, well, preacher, what about those who are deaf? He's not talking about these things that we hang our glasses on. He's talking about a spiritual ability to listen, a spiritual ability in your heart to, to discern what the Holy Spirit is telling you. He said, listen with your heart. 
But if you're a born-again Christian, you have the ability to hear. He said, if you have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit of God. You say, well, preacher, what are we talking about? What know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and you're not your own? Therefore, glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. The Holy Spirit dwells within us. Where does he communicate? Not necessarily through here as much as he does through here. And we're to listen. We're to hear. Not only are we to hear as the Holy Spirit gives us understanding from the reading, but we're to take it to heart. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God speaks, but where does it speak the loudest? Right here. That's why you can hear a message or hear a song or hear some teaching with these ears, but where does it touch? Right here. The heart of man. Because you have a spiritual ear at the center that should be listening to the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us through the prophecies and the Word of God. As we hear the Word, as we read the Word, our faith is increased and our spiritual lives are strengthened to live for the Lord. Then lastly, it says, Blessed are they that do or keep. Look here in verse 3 again. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and notice what it says then, and keep those things which are written therein. That keep those things. It doesn't mean just to take them and put them in your pocket. This would be, okay, I, I, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to keep it. It's not what he's talking about. It means to apply them. It means for it to be used in your life. What good is an ink pen in my pocket if every time I want to write something, I got to go to somebody else? Can I borrow your pen? Appreciate it. I need to write something. Can I borrow your pen? And all the, every time I need to write something, I go get somebody else's pen. The whole time, guess what I've got? I've got a pen. I've got a good pen. It's got ink in it. It's one of those gel pens, man. I'll tell you what, they're, they're good pens. They write good. They're smooth and everything. The whole idea is not for me to have this pen, just to keep it in my pocket. I can't even get it in my pocket. But the idea is to have it there so it can be used. He said, blessed is those that keep the word of God, that keep the prophecy, that allow it to change our lives, allow it to mold us. The blessing comes from more than just reading and hearing. It comes by doing and keeping the commands that's been laid out to each of us in the prophecy of the book and the rest of the scripture. In James chapter 1, verse 22 says, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Here's the problem. Many times people just take it in and never do anything with it. We must make sure that we're not just taking in knowledge, 
and just allowing it to sit on the shelf of our lives with no effect. There are many who that read the Word of God, hear the Word of God every week, and do nothing with it. It goes to waste. It, it doesn't bring forth any type of fruit. It's so sad that the biggest problem probably in Christian lives today is that we, we read the Word of God. We, we go to services and we hear it preached, or we go to Sunday school and hear it taught, or we, we listen to different devotions and different things, and we hear the good gospel songs that have a message in it and everything, and yet we, 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 we don't do anything with it. Can I tell you, can I tell you something tonight? It's not that we need more knowledge and a greater revelation we just need to use what we've got. We just need to apply what we already know. We need to just get busy with the tools that God's already given us. And then God will open up and give more. Why should anybody, if they know that I'm carrying a pen around, they say, well, the preacher needs a pen. So I says, no, he carries one in that pocket up there. He just will not use it. Well, I was going to go buy him a, a set of pens and everything, and a, a good expense, expensive pens. It's no use. He won't use it. There's people who are always going and wanting some big revelation, wanting some big knowledge about something, find something new. My friend, we don't need to find anything new. We just need to use what God's already given us. We just need to apply it to our lives and allow God to use it to draw us near to Him and to strengthen us. By these three blessings, we're able to obtain the other great blessings that the Lord has for us. You take those three blessings right there. You take those three things. You apply them to your heart and life like the Scripture says to, and you can go to practically every promise that's in this book and the blessing, and God will give it to you. Because all of them are tied to those three. Without those three, you get none of them. Other than knowing that you're saved, you have a home in heaven, and you take of the tree of life, and you'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. The other blessings, you're going to miss out on a lot of them. Oh, get a hold of those. And let God use them in your life. Let's bow. Father, we thank you for loving us. Thank you for the promise of blessings. Thank you for the promise of God's word. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and goodness to us. Help us not to just take in the word of God through reading and through preaching and teaching and do nothing with it. But help us to apply it. Help us to obey it. Lord, that it might make a difference in our lives that we might make a difference in other people's lives. Have your will and way, Lord. Strengthen us now. Help us to challenge ourselves to read the Word of God, not just so that we said that we read it, but so that we can know more about you, so that we can draw close to you, so that we can have that fellowship with you. And help us, Lord, to hear it, that it might stir our hearts, that we might walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And Lord, help us to take it and do it and keep it. And Lord, not throw it aside in a junk room of our lives. 
But Lord, allow it to have control and to guide us and direct us. Thank you for loving us, I pray in Jesus' name.